Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, hello, hello. This is Minister T, and you have joined the Bridge Network International in Chicago. Uh, Glad you're joining us again for our uh, Monday night Bible study, Life Applications, uh, as we have been studying uh, network and understanding our spiritual gifts. Uh, So we're going to be right with you in a few more minutes, so you may hear a bit of silence, and we'll be back with you in a few minutes. God bless. Praise the Lord. Again, this is Minister T, and you have joined the Bridge Network uh, International Bible Study on tonight's light application. I'm glad you can join us. Uh, We're in Chicago, Illinois, at 5655 South University in the University Church on the second floor every Sunday at 1.30 p.m., If you're in the High Park area and happen to be uh, around that area, please come and join us uh, for worship and fellowship. Uh, Also, again, on Monday nights, we're here to do our uh, life application Bible study. And we are currently studying, uh, it's called Network, by Bruce Bugby and Don Cousins. And we, uh, over the past few weeks, have been talking about spiritual gifts. And understanding our spiritual gifts and how those spiritual gifts then work in line uh, with the church so that we recognize the position that we are in, we recognize the gift that has been given by God, and then how to use our gift in the body of Christ. So as we continue to study, uh, go through our study, we have been through very detailed uh, things, uh, and you can listen to our archives. We have a list and a host of archives 
that go all the way back even beyond this study, several other studies that we've done. So we invite you, uh, if this is the first time you're listening, first time of hearing about us, uh, you can go to www.talkshoe.com and you can type in Minister T1. And when you type in that, it'll actually bring up our page. Or you can also type the Bridge uh, Network um, and uh, it'll our page will pop up for you as well. Um, so we're going to get started first with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started with our lesson. Um, if there are any people or any persons that are online with us on tonight as we go through our study, the line will always be open for your comments, and we welcome your comments uh, and to share with us. Uh, also, prepare, have your Bibles ready. We're going to go through some scriptures and talk about some things and how our study aligns uh, with the Word of God. So we're really excited on tonight and glad you can join us. So let's start with a word of prayer. Lord God, we bless your holy name and thank you on this day, this day we never seen before or had experienced, but we thank you that you were with us, that you guided us and led us to this place in this time as we study your word. We pray now, Lord God, for those that are on the call and those that are will be on the call a little bit later, and those that won't make the call. We pray, Lord God, that you will lead them by the Holy Spirit and guide them to our recordings, knowing, Lord God, that you have given us a treasure of information, a treasure of things to apply to our lives. So we pray, Lord God, that you will lead people to that website so that they can hear, Lord God, the things that you've shown us and that you've directed us. So now on tonight, we pray that you would speak now and that you would teach us. Pray that uh, Lady Wisdom would be in the place that would give us the wisdom that we need to not only receive all of this information and all the things that you would have us to know and empower us with, but that we would use what you've given us and let us not let it go to waste. So we give you all praise, glory, and honor in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, this is Minister T, and you are with the Bridge Network International in Chicago, Illinois. And we're glad that you can join us on tonight. Uh, as I said, we are in a book called Network, and it is by Bruce Bugbee. That's B-U-G-B-E-E, and also Don Cousins. So uh, if you like to pick up the materials, you can always go to Amazon.com. And in fact, they have used copies uh, that are actually uh, well-kept. And they're ranging from $1 to about $4. So very inexpensive book uh, to get. Uh, I would suggest that you try to get the book because there are assessments that you can take in the book where you can kind of look at where you think your spiritual gifts are, but then also assessments that other people can look at what your spiritual gifts are so that then you can compare them and see what the top uh, 10 of your spiritual gifts that you actually have. And we have talked over a period of time and in this study about how it's important to understand what your spiritual gifts are, only for the simple fact that many times in the body of Christ, particularly, uh, we are in church and uh, we're just there, we're just sitting, and we don't know really where we're supposed to be. And in fact, many times we're in church and a lot of times we're in things that we shouldn't be in because somebody else suggested that we should be in it. But this uh, study kind of has us to reflect back on, uh, am I in the right place? Am I in the right time? 
And in the beginning of this lesson, we really talked about, one, identifying the spiritual gift, then, two, aligning that spiritual gift with your personality, that two people may have the gift of hospitality, but that does not mean that you're both the same. It is your personality that makes it very unique of how you deliver hospitality. And then also the last portion of that is then being able to take that personality, taking your spiritual gift, and then aligning it to know where you're supposed to be using that spiritual gift. And once you have all three of those components, there's no stopping you. People don't have to tell you to do this and do that when you operate in your spiritual gifts. You automatically do it. Why? Because you have passion for it and you're confident of what your spiritual gift is. And in turn, you'll actually see the evidence of it. There are many things that we do with passion and don't really recognize that it is a part of our spiritual gift as we align it and use it to the glory of God. So we did talk about the difference between spiritual gifts and talents. Spiritual gifts are specifically gifts from God that are designed to use in the kingdom of God. And now I'm not saying in church because many times we use our spiritual gifts outside of the church building, but it is still to the glory of God. They also, in recognizing that 10 talents, talents are those where, oh, I'm a great basketball player. I'm, I'm like Michael Jordan, you know. Those are talents, meaning that these are things uh, that are that you have that you're able to excel in very well. Some talents are learned, and some talents are actually from birth, that it is just a part. I've seen uh, little children at the age of two playing Beethoven and Bach and all of this uh, because they have that uh, actual gift to be able to, uh, that talent to be able to do that, and then it is cultivated. So just to understand and know that as we're going through this, we're really distinguishing the two and recognizing what a spiritual gift is and then what is a talent. So on tonight, uh, we kind of finished up all the way up until session three, uh, and we started a little bit uh, last uh, week uh, talking about uh, session starting session four, which is entitled The Power of Love, the value of personality. And what I want to do is I want to read you something right quick. Uh, I'm always reading different books and that kind of thing. And I actually have this book that I'm reading. Uh, it's called The New Kind of Love, The Solution of the Love Problem, Human Love is Bankrupt. And it's by E.W. Kenyon, K-E-N-Y-O-N, Kenyon. And I just I, I saw something that I thought was interesting in one of the chapters, which is titled Love Minded. And I just want to read a little bit of this to you. It says, we Christians have a love background. We have a love percentage. We are born of God, and God is love. We are partakers of his nature, and his nature is love. The new creation is a love creation. It is designed by love. It was wrought by love. If love is your nature, selfishness is dethroned. But we are surrounded by selfishness. Everything connected with the natural life is tinged and colored by selfishness. You see it 
even in the animal creation. You see it in the natural man everywhere. Our labor and capital war is a war of selfishness. The thing that the world needs is the love nature of God, eternal life. We must do, what we must do is give this love nature full sway and yield to it absolutely. If you follow the recreated spirit's impulse, you would live just as the master lived, in love. But we quench the recreated spirit, and we say that we are not able to do it and that we can't afford to do it. We are afraid to walk the way of love. We are afraid to depend upon the word. We are afraid to give love a free course. We have not taken into consideration that he is with us. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Hear him say, Be not dismayed to the great demands that come to you. Give, and I'll give back to you. For I am thy God, and I am love. Let me love through you, and I will bless humanity. That is the language of the Holy Spirit to your spirit. Amen. Uh, wonderful book. If you can pick it up, I think it's a great book. It's a wonderful read. Uh, it's called The New Kind of Love by E.W. Kenyon. And I picked that part out because I thought that was important to really have a discussion uh, on tonight and uh, understanding the power of love and then also the value of our personality. You know, uh, and I'm sure all of us has been in a place and like I, they brought out the word selfishness, that we see selfishness uh, in our families, we see selfishness on our jobs, we see selfishness just in the street, in our schools. We see selfishness everywhere. And, and, and recognizing that, that selfishness and love can't mix. It's like oil and water. Um, the love of God. And some people say, oh, well, I love, but then they turn around and they do something that's just so selfish or a selfishness kind of spirit. And that that doesn't mix. It's being two-sided and two-way that you speak wholly out of one side of your mouth and then you speak some other stuff out the other side of your mouth. And that's not of God. That's not uh, what God would have in that they give the example of how we should walk like Christ when he was here on her earth and walk in eternity and walk in love. And so in session four, we're really talking about the power of love in recognizing that we must serve in love. Uh, that's the only way that you'll be able to ignite your spiritual gift because the gift is given by God. God is love. In order to activate that spiritual gift, you must then have love in your heart, and through love you will receive the power to then be able to activate uh, your gift. So um, 
in the last, you know, a couple of sessions, we just really talked about spiritual gifts and what they were and how they worked and then which ones you might have and which ones others may have and then how to glorify God and edify others. And so our uh, primary passage has been uh, 1 Corinthians uh, in 12, and uh, it includes these words, and you'll see that on page 100 if you have the book, that says, and now I shall show you a most excellent way, uh, and that you'll find that in verse 31. So in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, we use that as laying the, theological foundation for then serving. And we learn how God designed the church to function as a body of Christ. Excuse me, serving each other with spiritual gifts. And now we're going to see the most excellent way of serving, which is to serve in love. So we're going to really talk about, we looked looked at the gifts. Now we're going to look at how these gifts are used and activated the way God had designed it to be activated in the body of Christ and to function in that body uh, and to function in love. So 1 Corinthians then, um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is often referred to as the love chapter. And many of us hear it read uh, many times like at weddings. Uh, but notice the context here that Paul is not talking about love and marriage. In 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul talks about love as the way we are to serve one another. So Paul talks about love the way we're to serve one another. And as significant as your spiritual gifts are, love is a much greater importance to God. Um, So understanding that, you know, and we want to get caught up so that we're not so vain, and this is what keeps us humble, that we're not so vain with the gift that God has given us, the spiritual gift that God has given us. It is love that supersedes even the spiritual gift. That's the most important thing, to be able to love and then use that love as kind of like the bread when you're making a sandwich, to be able to use that love, the, the top part of your bread and the bottom part of your bread is love, and then you put the spiritual gift in the middle of it. And recognizing that love is what keeps everything intact. Love is what keeps us focused so that we don't become vain about the gift that we have. Uh, Love is what keeps us aligned and helps us to be conscious enough of how we're supposed to use our spiritual gifts. So it's important then that we understand that um, we are to use our spiritual gifts and we are to use it in love. Now, last week I kind of went over 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, and I'll I'll read it again as we look at this verse and kind of look at it line by line, uh, and then also looking at the words that are included in the bracket. It says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, spiritual gift, but not of love, lacking love, I am only a resounding gong or clinging cymbal, no impact. And so right there, you know, I want to kind of stop. I went, read through it kind of rapidly last week. But if we, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, okay, so recognizing that speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift. 
So recognizing that speaking in tongues of men and angels, notice now it says men and angels, and that is to be understand that when you study Acts uh, and you look at Acts 2 and you look at when they were in the upper room and they began after the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak uh, in other tongues, there the clarification of tongues meant that they started speaking in other languages. So at this gathering, everybody's kind of out in the in the uh, courtyard. The uh, disciples are actually in the upper room, and they're praying because Jesus is gone. They're kind of lost. They're, they're hiding away because people are trying to kill them uh, and come after them. And they're, like, really confused because, one, the power of Christ, as long as he was with them and walking with them, uh, he was. They were okay because the the power and the anointing of God was with them, but now Jesus is gone, and there's this absence. The power is absent, and they know that the power is absent, and they're kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do next. And so they're praying in the upper room, and as they're praying in the upper room, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and then gives them the power. So now all of a sudden. All of them receive the spiritual gift, and they receive the spiritual gift of tongues of men, which means that all of the people that were in the courtyard, they were Frenchmen, they were Spanish men, they were all kinds of uh, uh, Hebrew and all kinds of Chinese. There were all kinds of men in this courtyard from all over. And the reason that they were there is because it was tax season. And so everybody from all of the other uh, places that they lived came to pay their taxes. So everybody was here in this courtroom, and as they were in the courtroom, all of a sudden the disciples now began to speak in their languages so that they could be, un- be able to understand what they were saying. So now we see tongues in that manner, but also the tongues of angels. And there we talk about a tongue that is unknown to us, that we speak in this tongue, but not necessarily in a uh, an earthly language, a men, uh, 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 sounds of, of a man's language, but a heavenly language. So to understand that here, even in this scripture, that that is a gift to speak in the tongues of men, because the, the, to have a gift to be able to speak all kinds of languages and understand languages, but also to speak in unknown tongues, as the Bible says that you will speak in unknown tongues that uh, that you don't understand, but yet that you are in a place of intercession, that the heavenlies know that you are standing in the gap and speaking. So again, so if speaking, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, that is a spiritual gift. But if I don't have love, if I'm lacking love, I'm only a, a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal, meaning I have no impact. I'm just making noise. If I have no 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 love, if I speak in an unknown in, in a heavenly language and I and I have no love uh, love, I'm just making noise. I, I'm just making up some stuff, and so um, understanding that. If you don't have love, you will not operate in the power of the gift that God has given you. Uh, If I have the gift of prophecy, spiritual gift, and I can phantom all ministries or wisdom, spiritual gift, and all knowledge, spiritual gift, and if I have faith that can move mountains, spiritual gift, 
but have not love. Lacking love, I have nothing. So all of this, if I don't have love, I may call myself prophesying, I may call myself operating wisdom, I may call myself with some knowledge, and I may call myself saying I have some faith that probably will not move mountains, but we might be able to put on a good show. If I don't have love, I am nothing. I have no impact. And if I give all I possess to the poor, voluntary poverty, that's a spiritual gift. And surrender my body to the flames, matrium, that's a spiritual gift, death. And But if I don't have love, I gain nothing, no impact. And so even here, you know, I, I like to refer back to the uh, rich uh, young man that met Jesus on the street. And he said, oh, you know, I love you. I want to follow you, whatever. And so uh, Jesus put him to the test. He said, okay, well, then go and, and give up, sell all your possessions and all of that, and, and leave home and, and come on and follow me. And he was distraught because he was like, oh, but I know the word, and I know I know all of, all of what Scripture said, Jesus said, no, give up all your stuff and follow me. And it was really a test for him to recognize that there's a selfish part of you. There's something, a part of you, that you're trying to hold on to the world instead of following Christ. And it was really a test to see if he would be willing to really give up everything or if he would hold on to everything. And it is a spiritual gift. And now notice this. It's a spiritual gift to voluntarily go into poverty. So we're not just talking about, oh, I see somebody on the on the street and I give him a dollar. No, a spiritual gift to voluntary go into poverty, to voluntary give up everything and give to to give to somebody else, to to give all your possessions to the poor. That is a spiritual gift, and also matrium, meaning that you would die. The 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 uh, disciples, apostles, they died. Uh, uh, for the walk in the campaign, no matter what, no matter who was after them, uh, they died uh, for uh, for the the campaign of of, of spreading the word uh, of Christianity, and that is uh, again a spiritual gift. So I can have spiritual gifts, but if I don't have love, there's no impact, there's no power behind it. I might put on a good show. But if I don't have love, in fact, other people will see it too, and they'll see it as a show. They'll recognize that, okay, you're doing all this, you're prophesying over me, but yet I just saw you curse somebody out, you don't, have any, you don't care about nobody else, you're really selfish. Even other people will recognize and say, hmm, okay. So it's important to note that these people are using their spiritual gifts, but more important to know is spiritual gifts expressed without love, one, do not reflect who God is, and two, do not have a kingdom impact. Notice the word is kingdom impact, which means that this is not just an impact related to your family uh, or related to your five friends. We're talking about a kingdom impact. So if your spiritual gift is not expressed with love, one, like I said, people are going to see it, and that's not reflecting God. And two, it's not going to have a kingdom impact. 
no matter what you do and no matter how you operate, if you don't do it in love, it's not going to impact the kingdom, the entire body of Christ, the entire world. The kingdom impact will not be there. The kind of love we are to express then is agape love, A-G-A-P-E, agape love. It is the selfless kind of love that seeks the best interests of others. And as um, I read a description of love, the love we are to have, think about how it is demonstrated in ways to serve. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious, not boastful, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered. It's not keeping record of wrongs. It's not delighting in evil or rejoicing with the truth or or rejoicing with the truth, protecting, always trusting, always hoping, always preserving, and never fails. That's what love is. Love is protecting with the truth, uh, uh, rejoicing with the truth, protecting, always trusting, always hoping, always preserving, and never fails, 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, 8. So as we look at these, this list, we have to ask ourselves, do we possess these? Do we operate in these? When people see us, do they see these? Or do we need to pray about, Lord, give, give me some of this that I don't have? So we have to really uh, look at this list this list because we recognize that this is the list that we must possess when we have love. To serve one another in and through the church is like this is a humbling challenge. Uh, it is what we are called to do. So what does it mean to serve with love? And to answer these questions, we must consider our mindset as we serve. So the question is, is it servanthood or civility? And we kind of went over this last week talking about servanthood is serving with love and civility is serving without love. And there is, uh, in the book, there is actually kind of a table uh, in the book that really kind of showed us the difference between servanthood and um, servility and understanding the difference between the two and recognizing that. But there is an illustration, and I'm going to uh, read this illustration um, here, this description that illustrates servanthood and servility. Um, it's called Same Task, Different Motivations. So imagine you are driving down the road when you come along a group of people walking on the roadside. They are cleaning up trash and debris. You notice some officers guarding the workers. You now realize you who you now realize are minimum security inmates doing public service. The inmates move very slowly. Step, poke some trash, look around, put it in their bag, look around some more, take a deep breath, go another step, etc. There's no excitement or urgency 
just apathetic indifference, taking their time, doing time. Now, imagine you're driving down the road again, but this time you see a group of students working on the roadside, picking up trash and debris. The church youth group has volunteered to serve the community in this way. The students laugh and run, quickly stuffing their trash bags full. They are contagious, enthusiasm, joy, and purpose are all in their spirit. The same task is being done by both groups, but with two different motivations. The first group served out of servility, serving without love, and the other servanthood, serving with love. So let's take a closer look then at this chart on servanthood and servility. Servanthood serves out of obedience. It says, I want to serve God. Servility serves out of obligation. It says, I have to serve God. Servanthood is motivated by what God sees. It serves an audience of one, Jesus. Servility is motivated by what others see. It serves to please others. And as we talked about this last week, and really understanding that as we begin to operate in our spiritual gifts, we have to put some kind of correction uh, in our minds about why we're doing what we're doing. It should be that we're doing this in servanthood and obedience to God and in servanthood because we're motivated by what God sees and then being able to know that we're serving an audience of one compared to many times people operate in a place of servility where they feel that they are obligated to do it and two, that they feel the more people see me doing it, then the more I'm pleasing other people or that the more I'm self-seeking and getting uh, in a place of prestige, moving to a higher level. Uh, many times we see this, especially if we start out in a lower range that we're trying to uh, please people in ministry so that we can get to the pulpit. And so we do then and utilize our gifts in a, in a different way, in a different light, and that it is not motivated by God, but it is motivated by self. So as we talk about understanding uh, being a servant, we have to recognize how it is very important that we don't get caught up uh, in serving God in a way of servility, serving without love. Because when we get to that place where we serve without love, then we're serving as an obligation. Uh, we're serving so that we can please others. Uh, we're serving the minimal amount of time, meaning that if it, they said it was going to take an hour and then it actually took two and a half hours, that then we all messed up. Uh, or we're saying, well, this wasn't my job anyway. I wasn't supposed to, you know. So we can kind of, you can kind of see it as it flows within the body of Christ. We've seen that over the years and over the times that we've been in ministry that, and even it may have came out of our mouth, you know, 
that we're not serving in love. We're serving in love. The the expectations go way beyond um, of of you know what the call of duty, but to recognize that if that God is pleased with the gift and what uh, He has given us, um, we're not to be uh, secret servants. Uh, in Matthew five and sixteen, Jesus makes an interesting statement. He says, "Let your light shine before men." that they may see your good deeds and praise and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're we're not supposed to be, we're supposed to be very open about how we serve God and that we're not hiding, uh, but we're letting uh, everyone see the glory of God work through us. Also, a, visual, a visible act of service done in love makes a kingdom difference. And Jesus says that by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, again, it is for us to be visible, for people to see our genuineness, see how we love one another, and that makes a difference. Other people, even though they may not say it, but they see it. And so it is important that we share the love of Christ uh, in everything that we do and we will not be known by our spiritual gifts or by the things we do, but by the love we have for one another. And that's why I gave that comparison of the sandwich, that it's the outside uh, that people will see. It will be the love that people will see. And then later on they may begin to identify and say, you know what, she really has a gift uh, uh, of, of hospitality. She really has a gift of hospitality. They see the love first, but then they identify what, how that, that love is being executed through the gift. So what does love have to do with anything with serving? Everything. Everything has to do with love. Our gifts cannot operate without love. We must love one another uh, and as God loves us. So we have to begin to operate in that way. Um, now, on the next page, and then I'm going to open it up for just kind of a conversation of what we talked about. Again, this book has like DVDs and that kind of thing for uh, studies where people are connected together. But I do have uh, some kind of some scripts and things that uh, can help us along with those. Um, so here it says directions. Identify which people are displaying attitudes of sovereignhood or civility, and then identify how love is or not being shown. So I'm going to uh, kind of give uh, some some uh, introductions. Uh, we have Nick, um, we have Ashley, and then we have Kayla. Uh, so I am going to read a little bit about Nick um, and just uh, give you uh, a scenario uh, of a few things, and then I want you to be able to uh, dis identify which people are displaying attitudes of servanthood or civility. Okay, so the first one is um, here it says, Nick's genuine act of servanthood flipped into attitudes of servility. He went from saying, this is not about us, it's about Kayla, to saying, whose deck is this on anyway? 
and concludes with, this is the last time I'm doing anything like this, okay? Servility can be progressive when it goes unchecked. The lack of help added frustration and fueled a critical and complaining spirit. His focus shifts from God's purpose to himself when he said, I was waiting, I'm done, I got plans, I priced the material, okay? So um, since they gave, the, they actually gave two scenarios, but I kind of want to hear how could have Nick handled this a little bit better? Now, it seems that the scenario is that there is uh, some kind of event that uh, he was to be working with the group or working with Kayla, uh, and it it sounds like that um, there were some things uh, that should have been done. Uh, how could Nick have handled just this bit of conversation a little bit better? I'm going to kind of open up the line. I'm sorry, Mr. T. Could you possibly read it again? Sure. Nick's genuine act of servanthood slipped into attitudes of servility. He went from saying, this is not about us, it's about Kayla, to saying, whose deck is this anyway? And concludes with, this is the last time I'm doing anything like this. Servility can be progressive when it goes unchecked. The lack of help added frustration and fueled a critical and complaining spirit. His focus shifted from God's purpose to himself when he said, I was waiting, I'm done, I got plans, I priced the material. So it sounds like they were building something. Uh, Sounds like they were building a deck or something, um, maybe for Kayla. And uh, it sounds like this went out of the range or the time that Nick had to commit to this. He was at first willing to uh to support but now uh he's had a change of heart how could nick have handled this in this manner um what could he have done well i think first of all it's like he started off he was pretty much okay with it and it's like it it is almost as if it took up too much of his time and then he got frustrated with it. And I think a lot of times we will do things in love, but if it takes us, takes us out of our comfort zone or beyond what we consider uh, our time limit, then it becomes self and then we no longer want to do it. So I think in his case, he pretty much should have not uh, uh, did it at all because he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily doing it in love. He was just doing it to be doing something. Then we got to be a little more than what he wanted to do. <clears throat> he didn't change his mind. And then it was like, okay, now nah, I got to do this, I got to do this, I don't want to do this. So it was more self at the end, opposed to whether or not he's actually doing it for her. Mm-hmm. But it got to be, I guess, a little stressful. And it's like anything in life, you know, we will do it as long as it's, part of the, our plan or part of what we initiate or part of what we consider, you know, in other words, we'll do just enough to get by. And so in his case, 
he wants to do enough, but still to take the credit that he did it. But when it got to be more than what he was want was willing to do, he then became selfish with it. And I think that's pretty much how we do in life. And even with God, we pretty much uh, will do so much to get by. And then if it takes us out of what we normally do, then we get frustrated. And we're not doing it in love because now, as it, as you <clears throat> was really what what love is and what love isn't. <clears throat> I think when we then become selfish in the way we're doing it or we get all puffed up and, and prideful, then we're not doing it in love. We're just doing it just to, to say. In other words, we're, we're uh, uh, um, trying to think of the phrase. we just talking to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Right. And so in other words, it's that, you know, I hear people say all the time, no, no guts, no glory. So it's pretty much on the same thing. If I can get credit for it, then I'm okay. But if I got to mm-hmm. do a little more extra work other than what I, I really want to do, you know, I don't want to do it. Or if it's taking mm-hmm. up my time, you know, we can do stuff if, if, if time permits. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that even in my personal life uh, with things, you know, we'll, we'll, people will say, well, can you do it? And then when it's little out of the range, nobody wants to do it then. They'll do it if it's some, 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 some glory in it. But if it's some hard work and then you got to really go into it, we don't want to do it. We just want to do enough to get by. And in his case, he was willing to do it at first, seemed like, and then at the end it, it got to be more than what he wanted to do. And then it was, oh, now nah, I wish I had this. And it took him pretty much out of what he really wants to do. He, he wants to get credit for it, but he didn't really realize that it was going to be more than what he thought, more than he could mm-hmm. chew off of. <laughs> yep, totally. Now, the book gave another example of just the servanthood and possibly how he could have handled it. It said, Nick was genuinely motivated by an appreciation for Kayla and a commitment to the neighborhood event. So I guess they were building a stage or something. And he approached serving with a whatever-it-takes attitude. So it was a mindset that he went into it with a whatever-it-takes attitude. But that changed when she wanted to alter the plan. So he was ready to go, but then all of a sudden Kayla say, nah, I want to, let's do it this way. So it says God was working on Nick so he could say, I love doing this for you. And I can't remember when I've had more fun planning and designing something. So here they kind of flipped the script, gave a little bit more information that he's working on this, he's motivated, Kayla is maybe using his gift of creative creativeness, and he's building the stage. He goes in with a whatever it takes attitude, and then all of a sudden, and we've had this where we're in there, we're doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, whoever's leading the thing says, "You know what? I, you know, I want to just change the whole thing." Now you spend all your time, your efforts, and everything else, try to get something together, and then all of a sudden, somebody changes it. In this particular scenario, it is a mindset to have going in immediately with a a level of servitude that even sticks with it and says, okay, I'm still doing this, and I love doing this for you, and we're going to still have a good time. Even though you've changed the plans, we're going to still make this work, and we're going to have And that is how they suggest it in in a place of love and servitude that even though she changed the plans, he still did it in a loving and caring way. Okay. 
here's Ashley. They give a little scenario about Ashley. Now, all of these are working with Kayla. Okay, so now Ashley, I'm going to give her civility aside. It says Nick impacted Ashley's sense of civility when she reminded him that she had the same problem trying to get the women together. And she added how hard it is for these guys to pick up the phone. Love is patient, not easily angered, and does not keep record of wrong doing. So here's Ashley. Ashley is one impacted by Nick because now Nick in his servility mode is upset. He's having to work with Kayla and whoever else. And so now Ashley recalls and brings up the same kind of problems, working to get the women together, working to get the stuff going, and how hard it is to reach them, to contact them, to, to finalize things. And so in her place of servility, she is now not operating in patience. She's not operating. She's operating and is easily anchored because of just what Nick said. Nick got her going and does not keep record of wrongs. How could Ashley have handled this situation in a place of servanthood? Well, hi, Minister T. This is Minister Valor. I believe Ashley actually should have kept maybe that negativity to herself uh, because Nick was already, um, in the beginning, committed to doing uh, the work. Um, or she could have maybe, um, maybe expressed her concerns, I guess, with Kayla, uh, separate from uh, Nick uh, at the onset. But I really think she should have kept it to herself. And if she was going to, she was committed to, to the project and the a positive result, she definitely should have kept it to herself and just worked with him to pick up the slack where the women left off. Like she's saying that they have a history of this. This is something that they're accustomed to doing all the time, so it's no surprise. So she should have been prepared to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. And actually they gave him the ex- – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just about to say I, I agree with uh, Minister Valerie as well. And you notice how when you <clears throat> kind of step out, it becomes contagious, and then everybody else begin to follow you when you start becoming negative towards mm-hmm. something else. Other people begin to feed into that. Right. And so that's what this was showing, that Nick was impacted with the situation with Kayla, changing the plans. Kayla sounds like she's actually leading this whole community event, having Nick to use his gift of creativity Ashley now has, you know, sounds like she was in the leadership role uh, with getting women's ministry or something together. And so now Nick has this conversation with Ashley. Ashley starts then uh, kind of siding with Nick in the servility mode, starts talking about past problems that she's had and so forth. So what they stated as far as servanthood is that Ashley should have encouraged Nick that since he couldn't reach Kayla or make that phone call, to try to make another phone call and to keep trying to find ways to work this situation out. She, they also said her servitude heart should have stayed focused uh, when she said uh, and, and told him, well, this is for Kayla, so let's not be discouraged or let's not allow her to dampen 
uh, uh, everything and, and, and the way she has changed things and to keep and to show Nick's ser- servility. So, I mean, and to, and to be able to show Nick's servanthood and not to join Nick in servility. And then they said, and also to help Nick see and point out that Kayla just has different ideas. She has good ideas, but she just has different ideas. So her ideas are not the same as ours, but we're doing this uh, to really help her, um, and we care about her and love her, and we're going to be patient with this this process. And so that was the other kind of scenario of how Ashley could have handled it in a different way. Um, So here's the last one. We've been talking about Kayla, so – Here's the last one that just talks about Kayla, and it says that Kayla was truly grateful for Nick's genuous offer to build a deck for her. She told him, I've never had anyone do something nice for me. And as Nick presented the plans, Kayla had some of her own ideas, and she simply wanted to share her ideas too. While the words Kayla used may be neutral, her quick response and tone and expression indicated some sensitivity to the effort Nick put into the design. So that's kind of where we see where the the little struggle comes in is that Nick is going to build a deck. He has the gift of creativity to do it. Kayla kind of, you know, Nick shows Kayla the plan. Kayla has, you know, some of her ideas that she wants to be able to put in it, but in a way she has or displays an insensitivity of the efforts that Nick has put into it, and so she kind of comes in a way that is not uh, very uh, pleasing and kind. And just from Kayla's personality and attitude kind of set the tone for Nick and for Ashley. And so this study just is showing how you can see personalities of servanthood and servility and for us to, one, recognize not to be like Kayla uh, and to be open. And although we may have ideas and we want things to go our way, that we should be open enough uh, and, one, be sensitive enough and, and notice somebody's spiritual gift that knowing that if they're gifted to do this, and although we might want to put our ideas, to be able to share and say, well, I was thinking about something like this. Or this. What do you think? Will that go with kind of what your design is? And, you know, I trust your judgment, you know, um, but this me has so much meaning to me if you put this color in. And, you know, and her approach um, to him presenting the design uh, may have been the wrong uh, way, which then set this ripple effect. And we see this even in ministry on how people present to us things or we do things and we kind of get off uh, and it throws us off, although we may go in full-hearted, ready to go, but then somebody just says just a little bit of something in the wrong tone and then it just it, it kind of just b- opens up the flame. And so it is it's all of our responsibility to, one, operate in love, that even when people say things that are insensitive to us, that we still have to operate in love 
so that somebody displays and makes an impact and displays the kingdom of Christ and not to kind of fall in like Ashley did. Nick was upset, so now Ashley pulling up old stuff that didn't happen to her and putting fuel to the fire. So, you know, these three scenarios really kind of show three different types of personalities and also things that we should be recognizing in ourselves as well as other people about how we display uh, our servanthood and and how we should stay away and change our mindset if we are operating in servility. Amen. Are there any uh, comments? I know the next few things in here really have to deal with um, kind of some group settings. Uh, what I want to do is on um, next week is to kind of go over and kind of skip the um, the group setting part um, and begin to look at there is a, a assessment part in here that I want to look at that we want to talk about uh, on page 107 that talks about personal style assessment. So I really, and it, it's another assessment, so I really want everyone to kind of start doing that um, so that we can have a more uh, thorough conversation. But I want to, um, at this time, we have a few minutes, to kind of open up a conversation about what we talked about today, also what we've been talking about uh, in this entire uh, study uh, and uh you know, and the impact it has made for you. So I'm going to open up the lines right now. This is Minister Eunice. I do have a, a question to both Minister T and Minister Valerie. Uh, since mm-hmm. this pretty much talked about servitude and serving with love, and so um, Minister T did read what love is, and so I just have a, a, a question to both of you. Since we read the list of what love is, do you believe that a person can still serve with, say, they're missing, um, uh, I'll just use two of them, say they don't, uh, they're not protecting and they're, uh, um, uh, let's see, not self-seeking. So say those two are not in what we consider love. Do you still think a person can serve in love if maybe one or two of the uh, criteria or the characteristics I'm missing? Uh, yes, I totally believe that. Um, I, I believe that, you know, based upon, uh, again, our, our our personalities and uh, whatever we have experienced in life uh, sometimes impact us in a way that we then display things that are not loving. But I do believe that as we become more conscious, uh, and it is a mindset that we have to renew our mind, uh, and as we do that, to carry on and take on the personality and the characteristics of Christ's love, uh, I think it is a process, um, and it is a a a process that as we study God's word, read God's word, and stay prayerful, that then the more we get closer to God, we experience his love. And since he is love, he can change us. 
um, and, and cause us to then kind of uh, uh, turn around and turn some of these things um, around into good. So I, I, I do believe that we can really operate uh, in in um, in servanthood um, and not to have achieved uh, this ent- the entire list. Uh, but I think the more sincerity uh, that we have and the true love, the godly love that we desire to have in our hearts will convert us so that if we are uh, too proud, you know, and if we're proud about everything, uh, always boasting about all the stuff we have and all the, you know, and being very proud, that if we are sincere, I believe if any person is really seeking God and very sincere, that the things that are that are that are of the world that we have uh, taken on or adopted, um, that God can clean us up, that He can cut those things away and replace them with His love uh, and um, with His direction knowing that his love doesn't fail. And so, I, you know, I think that you can be in a place but not be perfect uh, and be in a place to seek God to fix the things uh, that you don't have. Wow. Thank you, Minister T. That was awesome because I have to say, Minister Wade, uh, I ask myself the same thing. So because where it says... Love is not easily angered. That's definitely not me because I am still easily angered, and it's something that I pray on and I work on every single day. Yeah, and so that's why I said, you know, I think if we can sincerely look at this list of what love is and we are true to ourselves, you know, I don't know if any of us can sit here and say that we don't do at least one of these or have done one of these, you know. Uh, And, and I mean, truly looking at this, you know, one that stands out for me is not keeping record of wrong things. It's very easy to kind of reflect and say, well, they did this to me or they did that to me. It's so easy because you're still keeping record of it. You're not letting it go. You're not even remembering that it ever happened. (laughs) You know, and so it, it's easy to do that, and then it makes it even worse that we're internally thinking about it, but then also making it worse that when we when we do get angry, we bring that thing up. Well, I did this, and you did that, and and we bring that up, and though that process, it's a, it's a process that it is an internal thing first, a mental thing first, and then it's when we get angry or upset, that thing that's in our head, if they push the wrong button, it's going to come out. And so, and I just kind of bring up that one because I know I've done it, you know, where there's some things, yeah, there's some things that's in my head, (laughs) you know, there's a record that's in my head, but it's important for me to ensure that in order to fix whatever wrong uh, that has happened, 
that I have to apply God's love to it and ask him to help me erase that and to take that away so when they do something else wrong to me, (laughs) that I don't bring that record back up, but that I'm able to uh, take his love, because that's the thing in recognizing that it's his love, you know. Um, I I think our love is limited. (laughs) Because we, we going to hold on to some of this other stuff. But it is God's yeah. love and taking his love to be able to overcome all of the other things. And so even with this list, I think it, it it's a process for us uh, in many ways. But I honestly believe that the more we seek God, the more that we pray and say, Lord, you know, um, continue to make me, to mold me into what you have me to be. You know, that's what he does is that he knows we're not perfect. He knows that in this human flesh we make mistakes. That's why we have new grace and new mercy every day that he forgives us of the sins and the things that we've done. And even in that, that, you know, when we think about things, especially like with this list, there's some things that we don't uh, have right, but that does not eliminate or uh, give any reason for us to live in that place, but to continually serve God with joy. And as we serve God and we seek God and we walk and trust in God and walk by faith, that this list, uh, the top part of this list begins to deplete itself. And that's a process. That is a process. The, the God's love uh, that he gives us, it is a process. Uh, because of the, the being in this human body and being in this earthly realm, it is a challenge every single day to not uh, go to the side of the world, but to live and to operate in a heavenly way. Uh, the way God has called us to. So uh, hopefully, Minister Wade, I kind of answered your question in a roundabout way. But, yes, I do believe you can serve and still not have all of these things locked down. I believe if you look at these things and sincerely pray unto God and say, I know that, you know, I still got a little bit of rudeness going on with me, but, Lord, help me with that, that that's the most important thing you could do. And I thank you both for the I mean, I pretty much um, uh, agree this. I just wanted to ask you both the question because I believe that we're all a work in progress and we won't be complete until, until we see him and that he is He is what we consider perfect love and that since he's molding us and shaping us each day, today we may have, have half of the right, tomorrow we may have three-fourths, and we may back, back up the next day and lose two or three, and as you say, certain things, situations in life that will bring us to different places and different situations. As I was said, even um, yesterday, I got a little anger in me, and I had to kind of step back on this morning and say, you know, Lord, if it was me, work on me, fix me, that I don't show that because that's I want to show all of you and none of me. And so I understand how sometimes we can mean everything in love and certain situations and circumstances can cause us to lose one of them or, or more, and then we have to actually say step back and reflect on, on his love, the perfect love that he has, and just ask him 
uh, at that moment, just work on me. You know, you fix me, that I would be what you would have me to be and do what you would have me to be. But what, when the world sees me, let them see that I'm a work in progress. And so I think in that process of we as ministers, and we as not even ministers, we as, as a body of Christ as Christians have to show that love to each other. If you see me fall and then you see, or say a word of encouragement that builds me back up again. So in that love, we're strengthening and encouraging each other because we all flip, we all fall, but we do get back up again. But it's in that process of, of motivating and encouraging and empowering and enriching each other that causes us to have a true love and the love of Christ. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Um, so uh, what I'd like uh, for us to do is now um, – go to in our books it's called servant profile personal style uh and so to prepare for next week starting on page seven uh 107 uh 106 and 107 and then also then do the personal style assessment um so read the uh, directions and complete the uh, personal style assessment as far as you can get uh, it actually goes all the way to page 111, and we'll actually talk about that uh, on next week and, and, and have a conversation about what it means to have a personal style uh, with the uh, gift that God has given us in a place of uh, servanthood. Um, so we're going to close up on tonight. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a very, very good uh, conversation and discussion on tonight. Um, also, for those that will listen to this recording, um, we pray that you'll go back and listen to the other uh, older recordings uh, to kind of catch up with us. Always invite uh, others to join us or to listen to the recording. I uh, believe this is some good information um, and definitely information that will empower us to begin to use our spiritual gifts in an effective way. So we're going to pray on tonight, close out tonight. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word and to begin to understand what servanthood is. Uh, We pray that even on tonight uh, that you would help us with love and help us with the places that we do not illustrate uh, a love. We pray that you would continue to mold us and make us into what you would have us to be so that we could be the best servants, to be the best Uh, for the kingdom of God, so that they see you and not us, so that when others see our personalities and others see uh, our actions, that they see the glory of God, that we then display uh, the Shekinah glory of God, that people then are gravitated to your glory, not to us, but to your glory, that they seek and, and ask, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to get what you have? So we pray, God, that as you continue to work on us, that we would be those servants, be those servants, that your love would radiate off of us, that people would feel your love, that they, people would see your love, that people would hear your love. And we just bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord God, for the ones that are on this call and the ones that will hear this recording. We pray blessings. We declare and decree that all needs are met, whatever the needs are, that they are met and they align with the kingdom of God. And we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is the ministry in the Bridge Network. We thank you for joining us and hope to hear from you again on next Monday at 730 Central Time. God bless you and have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye.
Tonight. Tonight.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.